From a secret location in room 100 of 540 Jack Gibbs Boulevard, this is Craft. I'm your host, Doug Dangler. Jonathan Bird and the Pickup Cowboy will be with Six String Concerts on Saturday, February 11th. So welcome to Craft, Jonathan Bird. Thanks for having me on, Doug. Tell me a little bit about your songs off of You Can't Outrun the Radio, which is your most recent release, but will be soon your second most recent release after the February release of your album, Mother Tongue. So um, I had listened to You Can't Outrun the Radio, and uh, I, I thought of a lot of the songs. I, I like one of them called A Big Truck Brought It, uh, which talks about um, sort of the debt that people owe to uh, trucks. And I hadn't really thought of that in the terms that you describe it in there. So I'd be interested in hearing about the background about that song. Yeah, it's it's a it's a really fun song. It's kind of a bulletproof song, um, as far as no matter what the audience is. Like sometimes I go to hospitals and I play, or I play for children, or I play for uh, older people, and uh, it just doesn't really matter. I can play that song for anybody, and they enjoy it, and they kind of see the truth in it. And it's the only song on the record that is not mine at all. I didn't have a hand in writing that. Uh, but it really brought the album together as a concept, um, the whole album being uh, mostly around transportation themes. There's, there are boats and horses and, uh, and cars and trucks. Um, and uh, the, the album is really built around things that move. Right. So I was traveling with my friend Corin Raymond. We were coming back from... Uh, Texas, we went through Memphis, Tennessee, and stopped in at the Folk Alliance Conference, which is a folk music business conference, a phrase that you don't often hear in the English language. <laughs> and uh, so we spent a, you know, it's a pretty busy weekend, and you stay up late and have a lot of fun and play music and meet people in the industry. And we went from there, and we, and we took uh, my wife and my son home. They were on the road with me, so there was you know, there. 12 hours riding home and we slept about six hours packed our stuff and drove to chicago for another show uh and we were playing up i was recording i had already made some recording time in winnipeg manitoba corin taught me this song so on the way to chicago uh and we played it actually on the way to memphis we played it for some people in arkansas and we didn't know at the time the guy was a trucker he'd been a trucker all his life he built a trucking company in texas and the song actually made him cry which is not a sad song at all. It's just a song about how awesome trucks are. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, <laughs> but just the power of that. It's like I made this old trucker cry. i got to learn this song because it has powers that I don't have yet. Keep your Kenworth running strong For regional bulk hauling logs Air suspension gives a nice soft ride The fairing's got a toolbox inside Piano hinge doors stay quiet and square And that huck-bolted cab ain't going nowhere It's 600 horses charging straight and true And it's aerodynamic to save you fuel If you got it A big truck brought it If you want it There's a big truck on it And uh, it really brought the whole album together And when we were in Winnipeg uh, the writer lives in Winnipeg, Rob Barmeyer. And so it was great to record a Winnipeg song in Winnipeg with an all-Winnipeg band uh, on that record. Mm-hmm. 
And, you know, it references a lot of the different kinds of trucks that be people drive, uh, like a Peterbilt 389. And I don't know what that means, but it makes me want to learn more about, you know, like a 389. I, I, I don't know if that's the displacement of the engine. Seems like it has to be uh, something like that. But uh, yeah. it was really when you see a uh, when you see the Peterbilt, the old classic Peterbilt with the with the, where the hood goes straight from the windshield on on the horizontal straight out to the hood. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's old three eight nine, and and that song is great in that way. That it's it's like that song is a is a piece of investigative journalism. You know, <laughs> Bob really dug into like his trucking magazines, and he has friends who are truckers. And he spent time hanging out with them, and he just recorded all these things about trucks and there's models in there and there's Volvo and Ford and Freightliner and um, it's just a fantastic piece of work. Mm-hmm. It reminded me of uh, the Harry Chafin song, 30,000 Pounds of Bananas, I think. And he, he talks about writing this song and he said it was a country western song. Uh, he wanted a country western ending and he didn't know what to put, but he said the song was country western because it already had a truck. And, uh, you know, it, it reminded me of that, which made me, uh, that line of Harry Chaffins has always made me laugh. But uh, you've also got another really good song on this uh, album called uh, You Can't Outrun the Radio. It's the title track from it. And I sort of took it as You Can't Outrun Fate. Um, and you talk about uh, Dale Earnhardt uh, being hell on the speedway, a champion seven times, thought he'd make one more 500 and went for 499. Tell me more about the background of that song. How, how did it lead into uh, the title track for the album? Uh, what's odd about that song is that it actually starts with like a West African guitar riff um, that I was kind of putzing around with upstairs above my garage, just, you know, being a guitar player. Uh, and it ended up being a kind of a country song. Uh, I guess I didn't say which country it was from. <laughs> but, um, it, yeah, it's. Um, let's see how's that song. I was driving out in Kansas. Yeah, so it starts with me driving, which is, I mean, this whole album is about transportation, and um, and how sunflowers turn toward the sun, and that sort of this sort of guidance that the universe gives you, and uh, it's probably best not to ignore it. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like that's been a powerful force for you, uh, learning to ignore, not ignore what the you know the universe wants you to do? Is that something that you fought at first, but then came around to? Is that what the background yeah, yeah. is? Yeah, I spent a good chunk of my life not really ignoring what the universe wanted me to do, but not really knowing how to do it. I mean, I always played music. People ask me, when did you start playing music? When did you start singing? I, I don't know. Like I grew up in the church, and my brother played the guitar, my mom played the piano, and then her sisters sang harmonies with each other, and I had a couple uncles who played guitar. Uh, so it was just the music was always around. I remember this time I was seven years old. I was under the bed. I was I was playing the bed springs. They had different tones, you know. And I was <laughs> pulling on the old the box springs, and it's just it's just who I am. But then I got out of high school, and my grades weren't great. I went to the navy, and I got out, and I worked at a co-op and I worked at a pizza joint and I kind of did anything I could do uh, that didn't require too much responsibility so I could play gigs on the weekend basically mm-hmm. uh, and I just hadn't figured out how to you know, I, I wanted to be a rock star basically I wanted to make a living uh, playing music and I just didn't know how to do it um, and I, I finally I, I got uh, I think first of all I got good enough um, and uh, also, I met the right people 
who were able to uh, to show me how it worked. In fact, Jerry Brown is probably the, the biggest one. Jerry Brown is a member of the Shady Grove Band out of Chapel Hill, North Carolina, and now runs a great studio called The Rubber Room. And uh, he was impressed with uh, my writing when I switched from playing rock and roll into writing these songs that felt like they kind of came out of the mountains. Uh, I wanted to I wanted to be able to play a song and, and and not have people think that I wrote it, but think that I was just playing an old song. Hmm. Okay. So I was, started writing those kind of songs, and he, and he heard this stuff, and I, I went in the studio to record these kind of songs. And he was really impressed, and he said, well, come here in my office. I'm going to show you how I keep files. I'm going to show you how I call people and get gigs. And uh, he really got me off the ground. That's great. I hope that someday in your future there is a song with the image of you under the bed playing the bed springs <laughs> that makes it into that. Because it sounds uh, both uh, like a great way to talk about uh, an inherent love of music and a great way to make people feel like they should buy you an instrument. You know, it's really <laughs> it's persuasive. Oh, he's under the bed playing the bed springs. Well, by gosh, we need to get him a guitar. We well, the thing get... is, I had instruments. I mean, I had a house full of instruments, but you know, <laughs> but nothing <laughs> as good as the bed spring. Yeah, I mean, when you're seven, you're in that 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 dream place in your mind. I have a seven year old now. He'll be seven in a few days, and uh, it's really uh, it's interesting how. Everything is play. Everything they do, he cleans his room and he plays with things as he puts them away because that's everything is about that. And I think uh, artists just never really stop doing that. You, you have to, you do have to learn how to, you know, file taxes and things like that <laughs> to be a to be a grown up. Uh, but you can't forget how to be in that that dream place. Yeah. So, can you give us a sneak peek of your 10th album with Mother Tongue? Can you tell us just a little bit about um, some of the themes or songs coming off of that? Yeah. So I met these guys, uh, these Danish guys. I recorded this record in Denmark in Copenhagen with um, MC and Jacob and Nikolai of the Sentimentals, they call their trio. And they built this trio specifically so that they could bring American songwriters over to Denmark and tour with them. And they really like American songwriters. They like working with uh, with American songwriters. And, and sort of Americana, that style of Americana, that's, that's sort of like what country music could have been had it continued along its path, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, so I started working with those guys. I met them actually in Memphis at that folk music business conference that I spoke of. And uh, they invited me over to Denmark, and I went over there. We had a great time, great tour, great guys. Third time I went, we uh, recorded this record, and we chose direction for the writing. I wanted this, this to be a real collaboration. And so MC did about half the writing, and I did about half the writing. And we chose, um, as guideposts, we chose the philosophy of Søren Kierkegaard and the, and the music and the writing of Bob Dylan as sort of literary greats. Mm -hmm. uh, our countries that we could be inspired by to uh, create the, the the writing of the of the record, um, and it was so interesting and so much fun to read a bunch of Kierkegaard and to listen to a bunch of Dylan and just get deeper into those and and to be inspired by that stuff. I have to give you credit. I don't think I've ever heard anyone describe Kierkegaard as fun to read. That may be the first time <laughs> I've, hey, I've ever heard that description. 
Yeah, he's pretty thick. You know, he argues with himself, and uh, <laughs> but it's good stuff. And if you start with either or, you, you kind of get his his whole what his whole career is going to be about. He really informs uh, everything else. Uh, but but a great thinker, and that was really one of his greatest tools was arguing with himself and setting up two different narrators and writing under pseudonyms and just sort of confusing the reader and making you. Uh, making you think for yourself, which I think was his goal, was to 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 break old patterns of thought within the Christian mind, so that people in the church would think for themselves instead of just accepting uh, what the church told them. I think he he felt like that was a necessary uh, movement. So you'll also be performing with the pickup cowboy Johnny Waken. Tell me a little bit about uh, his music and what he's bringing to the collaboration on stage well johnny's a real character he wears a big handlebar mustache uh and he's sort of a master of the physical realm like i've seen him he'll tuck a handkerchief into his pocket in just such a way so that when he pulls on it on stage the full length of the handkerchief is revealed as he pulls it from his pocket there's just this sort of level of detail that he uses on stage is really incredible he's such a performer Really great electric guitar player. He actually, when he was, I think, 19 years old, he played for bon, John Bon Jovi's birthday party. Um, and he was sort of, he, he became famous as he was young. And then he quit that. He went out in the woods and learned how to live in the woods. He hiked the Appalachian Trail with 11 pounds of gear. He did all this outdoor skill stuff. And then 20 years later, he started playing with me um, and just playing all this incredible slide guitar stuff mandolin harmonica sometimes at the same time he plays musical saw in portions of our show which is just incredible to watch it's like a magic trick it's like like watching david copperfield make the statue of liberty disappear when you you see somebody take a a piece of hardware and make beautiful music with it it's really incredible jonathan bird i thank you very much for talking to me today and i'm really looking forward to you coming to columbus on february 11th with six string concerts more information about that is available on the website at crafttheshow.com and you have a great day thanks doug For more information from my guests, visit www.crafttheshow.com. This is Doug Dangler. Until next time, be creative.